28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. In Mark 2, 27 through 28, and he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Thank you, Barker family. If you would, you can take a seat and then uh, let's say a word of prayer. And then we're going to pass out a little like, what to call it? Like pamphlet, Sabbath workshop thing. Yes. We're going to pass it out. Yes. Thank you, Caleb. Uh, join me as we pray. Jesus, we welcome you again. Just even this morning as just like thinking and praying and like honestly just like moving around way too much. Just like not able to center myself, find myself near you. Just ask even now that as we come together that like as God's people we would find ourselves in the presence of the good father and a good king. That we would abide in you, our, our hearts and everything that we are would lean into you this morning. God, would you pour yourself out in this place? We depend on you. Like the air in my lungs depends on you. So Jesus, we just declare that we need you this week. I am willing, God, do as you please. We love you and we thank you for your presence and your goodness. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, so you're going to receive a little like Sabbath pamphlet. We're going to spend some time working to that today. I know this is like, ah, uh, this is like teacher moment where we pass out the work before we talk about it. So I lose all the students because everyone's looking at their paperwork uh, and that's completely okay. But we want to spend a little bit of time uh, before we jump into the piece of paper that you're receiving in your hand. We want to spend a little bit of time kind of recapping the, the heart and the practice that we have been leaning into uh, through the month of January and will continue through the month of February. Um, as we came out of the Sermon on the Mount last year and into uh, this, this new year, 2022, it felt like one of the things that God was stirring in our team was this invitation not just to be a church uh, that like gathers around the word that is obviously very important, but we also wanted to be a church that like re-centered our lives around the person in the way of Jesus. So that not just that we learned good things, that is very important, but if that learning doesn't manifest itself as practice in our lives, then truly we aren't really transformed. And so it felt like the invitation was for us to like slow down, continue to move at the pace of the Spirit, not move past God, but lean into some ancient spiritual practices that have for a long time, like formed the body of Christ, formed Christ's church, a part of Jesus's life himself. And so this last month, we spent a, a long time, a lot of time talking about the role that Sabbath can play in our life. Sabbath is an invitation to rest, and it's an invitation to God. Sabbath is not a law that we submit underneath. We are not bound by the law in any sort of capacity. 
But Sabbath is a place where we like weekly plan to experience God and His goodness in the world. Most of us, uh, in particular, if you would say you're a follower of Jesus, most of us would say we want nothing else than like a life that is built on Christ. A life that is built on experiencing God in this world, a little bit of heaven come to earth. And while I think most of us would say that, we actually like lack often the means of how does that actually look in reality? Do I just look back over my, my personal like 15 years, 20 years, wow, 20 years, 20 years of following Jesus and go like, yeah, there's a few high moments in there. That's all I remember. That's what my life has been built around. Those high pinnacle moments where I experience God. Or is there a different sort of way to build a life? Is there a way that we don't just build a life kind of theoretically around God, but like in practicality build our months and our days and our weeks around God? And Sabbath is this ancient invitation. This ancient invitation to keep a specific day unique, set apart, dedicated to experiencing God and His goodness in the world. And in the Jewish and the Christian tradition, that actually becomes the like centerfold of our week. That's the high point of our week, or as I often say, that's the like weekly holiday. What if we had Thanksgiving dinner every single week? What if we took the best of what we love about holidays and that was what our Sabbath looked like, a day of delight and being filled by the Spirit as we experience God, but it's also the day I'm like super present to my children or I intentionally have over the friends I haven't talked to in a long time for brunch or I sit around the table a little bit longer, I take long walks, the list goes on and on and on of what Sabbath could become in beauty and in delight. But we also know that as we've been leaning into this practice for a month, that some of us have begun to like step in and try it, and it's actually really hard. Because up to this point, what we've built our lives around is not celebrating this day of rest and holiness and dedication to God. And so first, uh, to use like a slight metaphor, like the walls have to be torn down a bit for us to rebuild our lives. And so as we first step into practicing or keeping the Sabbath, what happens is it feels like like restlessness, and it feels like anxiety, and it feels like, but it feels like overwhelming in some ways because I've, I've built my life to where I actually really need these 10 hours of work. So when we eliminate that, when we take that away, it doesn't just go like, glory, hallelujah. It's like my world is collapsing. I don't have enough time in the week anymore. And so I just want to also just give you the freedom to experience God's grace in this. This is not something you earn or something you accomplish. This is a part of becoming a person who's centered around the person of Jesus for flourishing. If you don't practice Sabbath, that's okay. It really is. I believe it's an invitation to flourish as a part of the kingdom of God. And I think all of us, when it comes to meaning and purpose and practice, we want a life that doesn't just exist, but like we flourish. Work is reoriented as we rest one day a week, as we experience God uniquely one day a week. So today is going to look a little bit different. Um, I'm almost done teaching, which is not the norm here. Normally I talk way longer than this, but 
Um, today, we are going to spend some time like grouping up, which makes a lot of people in the room immediately feel uncomfortable. And I understand that kind of because I'm an extrovert, so I don't fully understand it, but I kind of understand it. But we're going to like break up into groups and I'm going to walk us through practically building a Sabbath today. And we're going to spend time in our groups talking to one another about what are the limitations? What am I scared of with Sabbath? What fears do I carry? What are the obstacles that I see? All those sorts of things. And then give you some really simple, easy handles to begin to step into Sabbath practice. Covered in grace. Covered in grace. Part of experiencing Sabbath is, is experiencing that God's grace is enough each and every week. That you don't have to earn today. You don't have to cross things off the list today because God's grace is enough. And so we want, to, uh, we want to build our lives around those sorts of practices. About practices and habits and rhythms that orient ourselves toward God. Because at the end of the day, uh, we all have practices and habits in our lives that form us in some way. We all have practices and habits that form us in some way. Many of those we inherit from our family, like our family of origin. Some of those we like respond to our family of origin by doing the exact opposite thing. Um, but we have these regular things that we do in life that whether we realize it or not, they form us over a lifetime. Form us to be people that depend more on Jesus or less on Jesus. If I just work a little bit more, then maybe fill in the blank. So we want to just take a really intentional day today to spend some time getting to the means. Like, how do we actually do this? Dallas Willard would say for like life transformation, it really takes three things. It takes vision, the ability to see life in a different way. It takes inspiration, like I want to step into the vision that I see, and then it takes means. How do I actually do this? What are the actual practices? And typically at church, we like do a ton of vision and a ton of inspiration, and then like one small thing for you to take with you for the week. Today's just the inverse of that. We've been talking about vision and inspiration, imagining how we experience God and Sabbath uniquely, and then through identity, that would like our identity is formed as God's people as we practice Sabbath. And, and then we were talking about um, like the uniqueness of experiencing the holiness of God as we take a day dedicated to God and how I feel like super heavenly. It feels really ordinary. But let me remind you that like God works in the ordinary. God changes lives in the ordinary. God changes the way we live in the ordinary. It's not just the like super high camp moments. It's the like 1,000 little yeses to the way of Jesus while you're washing dinner plates after dinner again and again and again. Or as Brother Lawrence would say, I'm as present to God when I'm doing dishes as when I am in the cathedral. And so in that sort of way, we want to like take today, an ordinary Sunday, and explore the means of how we reorient ourselves to God through the practice of Sabbath in a very practical way. So my first invitation for you um, is going to be to group up. And this is going to be the most uncomfortable part, is like we're getting in groups together with the people around us. 
And so we're just going to like ignore the rows, move your chairs, whatever it is. I would say groups from like probably four to six-ish, somewhere in there. That feels like everyone can participate. Um, but if it needs to be bigger than that, that's okay. And then when we get in our groups, we're going to introduce ourselves to our groups. This is like elementary education 101. So we're going to spend a little bit of time just talking to one another, getting to know one another. And I'll give you a couple questions to launch into that. But let's take, take some time. If you, uh, if, if you like feel super uncomfortable, go get a coffee while the group's forming and then join them after the group has already formed. <laughs> that may make it a bit easier. But let's just go ahead and take a second and form into groups and then we will jump into our practice. Okay, your first question. Your first question is, your first question is, what has your experience been like with Sabbath? What has your experience been like with Sabbath? And this is everything from like, I don't even know what the word Sabbath means, what are you talking about, to I practiced Sabbath as a child, here's my experience. So share your experience with your group. If I could have your attention really quickly. Um, there's a couple things I want to highlight before we continue. The, the first is, as we explore Sabbath in our groups, there's going to be things that come to mind and heart for our own life, and there's going to be things that come to mind and heart from other people. This is an opportunity. This is the body of Christ, like at work, doing things, contributing to the lives of one another. So please consider that. Um, but there's, like, we gave you a work page uh, for a purpose, and the next question I'm going to ask is going to apply to the work page which is what are the specific obstacles that keep you from Sabbath? What obstacles keep you from keeping or practicing Sabbath? And I want you to try as, possible, as much as possible to get like really practical here. We could live in like vague land of the million things that could keep us from practicing Sabbath, but we wanna name the like specific things, and this takes some thought and heart and honesty, but we want to name the specific things that keep us from Sabbath, that keep us from entering God's rest with Him. So let's take some time together to respond to that question. What are some specific things that keep you from rest or keep you from practicing Sabbath? Okay, before, uh, before, you, before we move on, I want you to take just a little bit of time to record some of those things for you. This is, this is your reality, this is your life, so what are some of the things for you that, uh, that you're able to identify, like, keep you away from God's rest, or keep you away from Sabbath day? What are some things? And then, this is also a good time, um, and we'll do this, we'll get into it a little bit, but Part of the beauty of today is we get to like kind of think creatively or like I would say like imaginatively think through some of this. So I heard a couple times from different groups and I think a lot of us share like, man, I'm a list person. And if there's stuff on the list, like I can't get away from the list until the list is done. That's a normal human experience for many of us. Um, often on Sabbath day, like it is, it is okay to add to the list to be done later on Sabbath day. So often for me, like I'll keep a, a, a running sheet on my desk, and if something comes up that I like can't let go of until, like I can't move away from, I'll make sure I write it down to get to it when I come back to doing work another day. 
So that's kind of the hope and goal for today is that we can identify some things that we can then practically step into them. Um, one of the things that Sabbath isn't is it's not magic, okay? Sabbath is not magic. It takes intentionality and preparation and practice. It doesn't manifest out of thin air like Hagrid in Harry Potter or whatever. Like, it takes intentionality to get to a place of Sabbath. So what we want to talk about today, just right now for, for just a few minutes, I'm going to invite Liz to come up and share the importance of preparation day. So Sabbath comes after preparing for Sabbath. How to learn how to prepare to step in to rest. So Liz is going to share about preparation day. Mic's on. Um, so I, I'm definitely one of those people, like I'm somebody who adds something to the list even after I do it just because I need the satisfaction of crossing it off. So yes and amen. Um, so again, for, for me, preparation is huge. And I say that not as, again, as something to add to your to-do list. Um, because I, I am one of those people, but nothing will sink your ship before it leaves the dock trying to go into Sabbath without preparation. Um, so, and there's, I think there, it, that's kind of twofold. There is the tangible preparation, um, for us, um, some of the tangible preparations, again, as somebody who, I'm like a living Roomba, so I will just walk around my home and clean constantly. Like, that's just, it's my spiritual gift. Um, but it's the Holy Spirit. It's always the Holy Spirit with the Lord. Yes, that's what it is. Um, but so for me, preparation looks like calling my kids in 30 minutes before we start Sabbath and cleaning the house and picking up the bedrooms because I physically cannot enter into rest if I see 90 stuffed animals scattered across my home. I, w like, I won't do it. There's, there's, there's evidence. Um, so there's a, there are the tangible things to do to prep to enter into Sabbath. Um, and so there is an intentionality of thinking about what are the things that keep me from entering into Sabbath. For me, it would be cleaning my house because I can't rest unless that's done. So I have to intentionally plan, what does that look like? Okay, my kids come in 30 minutes, we pick up our bedrooms and then we prepare for Sabbath. Um, for um, people who don't have kids, we, there was a preparation just in the sense of communicating that I'm we're starting to practice this as a family um, with our friends and family because um, we may not respond to text messages and phone calls immediately. And so there's a preparation in the sense of letting people know that so that we don't continue to get phone calls and then you pick it up and it was really like just wanting to chat about your day and that was nine missed calls, you know, or um, letting people know that I'm not going to be responding to emails um, from this time to this time. So setting up that automated generated response if you need to do that, if you have like work hours that are untraditional. Um, and so there's, um, for us, sometimes it's also talking about the meal ahead of time. Um, sometimes throughout the week, again, not as a list of like adding something on things to do, um, but hey, do we want to cook something special that requires us to make a trip to the grocery store ahead of time, or are we just going to do whatever we got in the house? Um, those kind of things. Um, and then I think there's also kind of like a, a, a mental, spiritual um, component in the sense of preparation. 
again, I'm, I'm a teacher, so I live in the land of analogies, but I, I was talking to Brandon about it last night. Um, I'm not somebody who can just flip a switch and rest. Um, I can't do it. It's almost for me like I need an off-ramp on a freeway, because Monday through Friday can feel like a freeway, where I am going 90 miles an hour, and if I don't intentionally plan my off-ramp, I try to take my exit at 90 miles an hour, which causes me to slam on my brakes, and that is not a way to enter into rest. Everybody's got whiplash because of mom's behavior trying to enter into rest as I'm screaming at my kids and still trying to accomplish the nine things that are on my to-do list. We slammed into it, and that's not how we enter into rest. And so, um, for again, practical purposes, is again, writing that list of things to do. I know that if it's on a list, my personality, it'll get done. My fear is if it's not on a list, it's not gonna get done. So if I write it on a list, I set it aside. Or we plan our meals ahead of time. We communicate with people so that I don't get text messages or phone calls that I feel guilty not responding to. Or I'm thinking about what ahead of time we want to do with our Sabbath. Maybe it's a hike. Maybe it's, so just in this, I, I, just to encourage you, it's again, it's not a thing to add to your list of things to do in the sense of, no, now I got to prepare for Sabbath, you know, but like Nick said, it's not like, we don't want you entering into Sabbath at 90 miles an hour slamming on your brakes because it's not going to be successful. You will sink your ship before you leave the dock. So, um, that practice of thinking a little bit ahead of time of what is it that, that looks like rest for me and how do I off-ramp into that? Maybe Sabbath, in a sense, starts an hour earlier. That's just prep. That's the 30 minutes of cleaning my house. Like it, it, That is our off-ramp, getting into Sabbath, setting things out, getting things ready, um, all the things that needs to happen so that I can actually exit into rest that's good and so if you again if you have questions about that like pick our brains we're gonna but. spend some time talking about it so um so yeah and just in like confession uh my family's practiced sabbath for a number of years now when we blew preparation day this week and which means we went into sabbath as like a hot mess just frust and now frustrated that sabbath isn't going well so preparation day becomes really important as you prepare to like again uniquely encounter god and the people around you in a special way each and every week that takes time and it takes preparation thanksgiving holidays take preparation beautiful things take time and preparation so what are the things that need to be mostly done in your world before i can enter into sabbath rest and delight with God and others. What are the things that need to be mostly done for you to enter into rest? We're going to talk about it as a group, capture it on your page, um, and just spend some time conversing about what that looks like. Just a few things as we wrap up the conversation around preparation day. Um, part of this, as we begin to think about like practically preparing for a day of rest, this is actually the moment where like anxiety starts to creep in, where like there's still so many things for me to do. This is part of practicing Sabbath is learning how not to practice Sabbath. Part of figuring out what works is figuring out what doesn't work. And how do we figure out what doesn't work is we try it and it fails miserably. 
And then we realize, oh, maybe we shouldn't do that again. Maybe it has to look different. Maybe I have to compromise in this space, or maybe I need to start an hour earlier in this space in order to get these things done, finished, bow tied on them for, for 24 hours before I can enter into rest and delight with God and with those around me. Um, kind of historically, we want to talk about kind of three different ways to view Sabbath. Um, there's three ways. There's the traditional Sabbath, which is Friday night to Saturday night. Friday night to Saturday night. There's the Lord's Day Sabbath, which comes from the Christian tradition, which is Sunday morning or usually starts with like your Sunday church gathering through Sunday and kind of ends as you rest. Or there's the midweek Sabbath. For those of you that don't, like your schedule's all over the place and sometimes you work on weekends or whatever. And that's just any 24-hour time period in the week you can dedicate to being present to God and others and enjoying God's beautiful and good things in the world. And so it's important to, as a family or as a single person, whatever your situation is, to say like, this is the day this week I'm going to step into Sabbath. Because we can't prepare like on a whim. We need to know in advance, like when am I going to Sabbath this week? Is it Friday night to Saturday night? Is it Saturday night to Sunday night? Is it Tuesday all day? But that kind of just putting it on paper helps us begin to prepare and orient ourselves towards Sabbath rest. Because what happens, or at least what happened in my life, is we began to say we're going to uh, just, just make sure you capture for you or your family what day and what time period works best. What time period works best. And then the next thing we want to talk about are actually some, and I want to use some creative imagination here, is historically uh, in Jewish culture and in Christian culture, we have like unique starting and stopping kind of exercises to symbolize we're stepping into something and that something has now concluded. So I wanna use some creative imagination as a group to identify what are some ways we could start Sabbath. In your unique situation, in your setting, what are some ways that we could signify the start of Sabbath? So I'm going to give you some ideas, but I want you guys to talk as a group first. So what are some ways you could begin, have like a, a moment or a practice or a tradition that you begin Sabbath rest with? What could that look like? What could that exercise look like? Spend some time talking, think creatively outside the box, um, and then we'll see what we come up with. Uh, just due to time. So capture any starting traditions that came up in your group. Um, and we actually, we're not going to spend any time talking about stopping traditions. We'll give you a list of examples. But just some, some starting tradition ideas. Whatever your group came up with I think is probably fantastic. Um, but historically, this is a time where you could pour a glass of wine or a special drink of some sort. Use this moment to pray a blessing and give thanks. If you're a parent, speak a blessing over your children. Choose a psalm to meditate on throughout Sabbath. Start and stop Sabbath with the same sort of psalm. Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to come and lead you into rest. Or historically in the Jewish tradition, light two candles, symbolic for the two commands in Exodus and Deuteronomy, to remember and to observe the Sabbath light. Invite the Spirit of Jesus to come and give your home light, joy, love, peace, and rest. And keep the candles lit throughout Sabbath and extinguish them at the end. But those are some starting ideas. So capture what might be a starting idea for your family on the paper. 
Um, just as, again, we want this to be like a really practical workbook of this is how we could begin Sabbath in our home. This is how we could begin Sabbath in our home. Um, some stopping traditions that I'll share with you. And again, spend some time with this, like whatever works best for you or your family. Um, but some stopping traditions could be like take a slow walk around your neighborhood. Take a prayer walk around your neighborhood or someplace in nature. Read a psalm. Share a beautiful meal with family and friends. That could be on china or it could be on paper plates. Whatever suits you guys best. Spend some time alone with your family and friends in prayer, gratitude. Play a board game. Uh, or a traditional way of ending Sabbath is by sitting on the floor, lighting a candle, and sharing the best part of your Sabbath and what you are looking forward to in the week to come. So these are just some stopping traditions to really like mark this 24-hour period as dedicated to God. To really like have a start and a conclusion of what Sabbath day, like this designated time in your life dedicated to God. So spend some time identifying what starting and stopping traditions work best. And then lastly, I just want to talk a little bit about like what happens on Sabbath day. What happens on Sabbath day? And this is often the place where we carry in like all of our baggage of what we've inherited that Sabbath day should or should not look like. First, I just want to free you like Sabbath day is not about a list of do's and a list of don'ts. That is not at all about what Sabbath day is. You should not feel obligated to like practice anything specifically other than delighting yourself in God. But Sabbath day is about like delighting in holy rest. Sabbath day is about finding yourself in holy rest. Sabbath is holy. God is holy. Rest is holy. Delight is holy. Dedicating yourself to God again and again and again. Week after week after week. Not just frivolously throughout the day, but like a specific day every week where you go, back to God and reorient yourself again, saying, I'm not the things that I do. I refuse to be those things. I am, I am here present to you, God, and I find my meaning and my purpose and my value as a follower of Jesus, as a human. It comes from you. It doesn't come from the things I get accomplished. It doesn't come from the things I cross off the list or what I do for work. None of that is what defines me. God, you define me. And so Sabbath day should be filled with rest and with worship. This is a, a special time in the week that like you could plan a meal that would bring you joy. And share it by your, like don't share it, have it yourself or share it with your family or share it with others. But plan a unique meal that brings you joy. Host people for a meal. Go for a hike or for a walk. Eugene Peterson began every Sabbath with a hike, regardless of where he was in the world. He went for a hike. Enjoy music or singing. If you have a record player, like put a record on that day. Worship with your community. Take a nap. If you're married, make love. Read something enjoyable or spend some time writing. Practice a like non-labor-filled hobby. Spend some time in silence or solitude. Spend some time with family and friends. Play board games. Have long dinners and slow breakfasts. 
practice a spiritual discipline, carve out a little bit of time, not out of obligation, but to like uniquely spend time with God in prayer. Meet with God. What are the things that bring life to your soul? What are the things that bring life to your soul? Where do you hear God most? And where do you feel Him most? And then we build our Sabbath around experiencing God and finding joy and peace and delighting in God's good things that He's given us to delight in. So Sabbath, first and foremost, it, like it's the Lord's. It's not about you just doing the things you do. It's the Lord's. We find ourselves in the presence of God uniquely on Sabbath. But then as his child, like we enjoy the overflow and abundance of good things he's given us to enjoy. So just spend some time, uh, a little bit of time. Spend some time just writing down a few things. What are the things I enjoy that would like bring life to my soul that I could practice on Sabbath? That I can intentionally say yes to on Sabbath. As a parent, this is like, this is the only time Jackie and I, like, we trade naps. <laughs> naps don't live in our world, but like on Sabbath, there's a chance that they might for 10 minutes. But what are the things that bring you delight and joy? Let's capture those really quickly, and then we're going to begin to move toward wrapping up our time together. All right, for the, for the sake of time, I'm going to invite you, uh, for the sake of time, I'm going to invite you to kind of reorient your chairs this direction, just as we're going to sing and take communion together. Um, again, this, this desire, like what we did today is not, man, if this, if this feels heavy or legalistic to you, like if, this, if you feel bound by this, like almost just throw it in the trash on your way out, that is not our heart. Our heart is that like we learn as a community to practice the enjoyment of God. Our heart is that we learn as a community to practice enjoying and delighting ourselves in God. And so as we spent today, just, just appreciate, I appreciate you uh, not walking out when we decided to group share and staying in groups and being willing to share just a little bit of life with the people around you. I know that's a unique ask and an uncomfortable ask for many of you. So thank you so much for doing it.